to well welcome back to our next edition of the mike care radio program what's up america as always proudly broadcasting from a florida usa planet earth and my next guest is john c morley who is a serial entrepreneur engineer talk show host and marketer and today we are going to talk about uh, with john how technology works uh, what it does and doesn't do, how to stay safe while using it, and uh, or where the world really is going with uh, technology. And John, this this is a fascinating uh, subject. I'll just say before we get started that I've been in this business for 25 years, and we probably could have been doing a, a segment on, on the, that even back 25 years ago. Of course, you know, the technology would be be a lot uh, different. Uh, so let's talk about this technology. It's, it's kind of interesting because my dad, who is 72, just got his first smartphone. So he's around here trying to figure out how, I'll talk about technology, how how things work, but let's let's talk about uh, you know technology and where you where you think it, it's going. Where do we start with this discussion of technology? Well, there's so many places we can go, but I think one of the things that's appealing to most people is you know where is technology going? And so, as you know, we're in the age of five G, and pretty soon soon going into six G. And the reason for that is the world of Internet of Things. And being able to send more robust amounts of data back and forth uh, through not just wirelessly, but through carrier services, which is your, um, you know, your your cellular companies offering you uh, their type of Wi-Fi communication systems, and it's coming to a point where we're now not just, um, let's just say, uh, wishing the data would go higher. We're expecting it and we're demanding it because of the applications, virtual reality. I mean, now, when you buy uh, any type of device, whether it's a smartphone or whether it's a washing machine, um, one of the options is, do you want to connect it to be an Internet of Things? And do you want it talking to your Internet? But I have to tell you, um, when we think about this, Mike, one of the dangers is connecting everything to the Internet of Things. So without the right type of government and security. And a perfect example is like the Amazon Echo and the, the Google Alexa, is that you know when you speak to these different devices, they're always listening. And they're always storing information about you on their server. And we don't really have proof that they're not selling this data to other third parties. Now, of course, we hope they would use it for proper purposes, but there's no way of monitoring or policing that your privacy may not be a risk. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, yeah that, 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 and speaking of that, uh, John, I, I wanted to tell a story, and I'm, I'm sure, you, you know, you can comment on, on this, that this has happened to me and uh, probably our audience so basically, you know, uh, it was a few weeks before, you know, Christmas. We went to the uh, Popka, Florida parade. We decided to go to Jerry's, you know, pizza, you know, nice little pizza joint. And then next thing I know is my phone is asking me, what do you think of Jerry's pizza? And it's like, <laughs> I mean, Facebook and Google, no. I mean, that's something that we have to watch. I'm just a little unsettled, like you said, about they're always listening, but they're always know where you are too. 
Yes, yeah, so, so they've been tracking GPS for a while. In fact, we know this because with COVID happening, uh, they actually knew that there was a certain percentage of the world that was actually being compliant with the request to stay home. And I'm talking about just the United States. Right. So what I believe is if that number was too high, they were going to start getting more strict with these strong suggestions to stay home and making them become more of a mandate. I mean, they were very strong, we know that, but they weren't as ironclad as some people thought they were. Of course, we were treating them with respect, but some people weren't, and they knew that that was going to happen. So as long as that number was not too high, they were okay with it. But they were communicating with AT&T, Verizon, and other cellular phone companies to learn about where people were and were they close to home, were they going shopping for food, what were their activities like? And so that was really important, and that was a big eye-opener for people to learn that it was all about people and their data. Now, the bad thing, like you just explained about the pizza place, your phone actually has a microphone on it. And when you are at a certain place or you say something, don't be surprised if your phone suddenly shows ads for that particular uh, product, service, or website. Right. Uh, yeah, that 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 uh, could happen. So I mean, that 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 happens to me a lot, you know, on websites, you know, I look, uh, you know, I like coins, I'm a coin collector, and I, I enjoy okay. looking at eBay. And then I find every single website that I go to somehow, the ads are all coins. So I mean, that is interesting how they can quickly market market to you like that. It is, and this technology has been around for a while, but now they're starting to harness the power of it. I mean, we've all learned about how we can have text-to-speech, but it's getting a lot more advanced than that because they're using artificial intelligence to start processing not just what you're saying, but to actually interpret that as the way a human would interpret that and make those logical deductions. Like, what would I be thinking next if I said the word screwdriver, for example? Well... Obviously, you're going to show me a screwdriver, but now we can get more specific and say, okay, why don't I show him other tools? You know, why don't I show him things that a screwdriver is used to build? And so we might show little mini tool projects or maybe websites with little kits you could download. So this is all what's happening with artificial intelligence. And the danger, Mike, is that it's a good thing and a bad thing, a double-edged sword, is that People are using the cloud and the platform now to be able to harness this mammoth amount of data so quickly and easily and pretty inexpensively because you just pay for what you need, Google and other providers. The problem is this data is not being sent securely, and there's no governance. So when you have these different devices on the market, uh, we just learned about one not only a year ago. There was a toy. And you might have heard the story, and uh, the toy was brought home to uh, the family, and, and, and the little girl was playing with it. And it seemed like an innocent a toy. It was connected to the Internet, nothing really bad. But suddenly the parents went out. The toy was hacked. Well, what's the big deal if a toy gets hacked? Oh, I'll tell you. We always tell uh, people that you should not, uh, children as well as uh, elder people, they should not reveal anything to strangers, which is someone, someone you don't know personal. And um, so now the doll is talking to you and asking you things, how are you? Instead of just saying things like, you know, how's your day? I can play you a tune. 
Now things like, oh, hi, Carrot. It's nice to talk with you. So tell me, is your mom and dad coming home, or do they always work late? So where actually do you live, and what school do you go to? What are your friends' names? Oh, that's great. So what do you like to do? What's your favorite place? And now they start to become friends with the child, and the parents don't know this. And all this information is happening because they've hacked a website because a toy manufacturer didn't take the brains to put a pin code on the toy that links to the iPhone or the Android. And it gets very serious. Wow, yeah, yeah, that that's interesting, uh, John. That you who who knows else what what could be hacked. I mean, we've seen a variety of you know TV shows and, and movies, but it, the the technology really is is there. I mean, we've seen what happens, but now this is becoming a reality. Yeah, it's becoming a reality, and it's because of two things, Mike. The one thing is people's desire to just get what's on the market, which is fine. And the other thing is that companies just want to make money right away, and they're not putting the time into R&D. They want to make a fast buck. That's what it's about. And they figure, oh, there's no real issue about that. And it doesn't become a problem, Mike, until it causes a problem, until someone gets hurt, or until it causes a lawsuit. That's when people start to pay attention, because they figure, well, what's the chance of that happening? All they had to do was put a PIN code. Even if it was a small PIN code, at least it was something. They didn't even take the step to show that they cared about it. They were so interested in just using the technology. And so many people out there use technology on the web, but they don't realize that the data they're processing is not in a secure environment. And when they transfer it back and forth, I'm going to give you one right now. Did you know that most people have an iPhone, but some people have an Android? And when you text on an Android or an iPhone and you use regular texting, your texting is not secure. So you're probably saying, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, I'll tell you. Maybe you're sending some private information. Maybe it's a credit card, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. But if you want to send secure information, you can actually enable uh, iMessage on an iPhone. And your messages go from the green to the blue. But the other thing you can do is you can download a free program like Telegram if you have an Android, and you can send things back and forth. In fact, just in this last week or two, the amount of downloads for Telegram has just been it's been astronomical because more and more people are actually concerned about their data. And who would know that the data from your cell phone is actually getting intercepted by towers? Now, even though Apple has all these encryptions, which they do, they have a private key and a public key. The public key uh, is one place, and the private key gets generated, but it's never shared with Apple. It's on your phone. Now, could Apple ever go into these messages? They claim they can't. I wouldn't put anything by them to say it's not possible, but they have no need to want to do that, and it's not conceivable that they're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, actually, it would ruin their reputation. So I think when you talk about security, you have to talk about reputation. You can't just talk about making money. And people have to be concerned about how they're using technology, how they're shopping online, and how more and more technology is starting to monitor things like your health. Uh, there's a new company that came out with a product that allows your doctor to do exams on you at home. 
to take, uh, you know, tongue depressions, to, to check your ears, uh, a stethoscope, all built into this little device. And imagine if this data got compromised and sent to the wrong party. That could be a disaster. Right. And so, John, yeah, we're, we're talking about the medical uh uh, you know, issue with it. Yeah, I just got a, a letter from the dentist saying something about my information has been compromised. So in that particular case, is there anything I should do or anybody should do when they get, when they get a call like that? Hey, by the way, your med all your medical information was hacked. So the first thing you have to see is you can check with your provider, whoever that is. They should be using um, a reputable company. I mean, you can check them out and see who they're using. A lot of times the information uh, that they put in is just local. Sometimes they use it on a cloud. If you are using a provider, it's your right to find out who they're using to store their data. And you can do some research on them and see if they're pretty accredited. If they're not, you probably don't want to take your business there. But as far as you saying you're being hacked, now sometimes that's a scam, Mike, where people will call you and say your data that it was hacked because they're trying to get you to give more information out or to right. get information out of you that might have not been hacked. So that could be a scam. Uh, but as far as the actual information, I recommend things like, you know, protection services uh, to protect your identity because really that's what they're after, Mike. They're not after what condition you have medically. They're after your Social Security number so that they can become you and open a credit card, a line of credit, and basically become your identity. And that, my friends, can cost millions of dollars to get back. But if you have one of these online reputable credit monitoring services, you can be alerted anytime a new account is even opened or attempt to be opened. Wow. So, yeah, we talk about, you know, these medical devices. You know, we've seen these TV shows where the guy's got a pacemaker and then they can hack into the pacemaker. I mean, there's these real issues that could really happen in real life? So the thing, like I was explaining to you, is that a lot of these devices we're talking about, you know, they are in the family of what they call Internet of Things. Right. And, you know, you have to find out what the connectivity to that pacemaker is. Is it connected wirelessly? I mean, how is it connected? Is it connected Bluetooth to your phone? And you want to find out, you know, uh, how does it connect? Is it paired? Ask some security questions. Do some research about it. Um, and that's what it's about. Now, the old ones didn't have any kind of connectivity. Then they went to uh, Wi-Fi, and then they slowly learned that when we use non-encrypted Internet, that that could be basically compromised uh, by a teenager in probably less than an hour or two. So that's why there was that whole scandal, as you remember, with some of the, I'm not going to mention name, but one of those big department stores uh, that starts with a T. And you can all yeah. guess who that is. But they had a big problem, and that's why they gave everybody free credit monitoring, because they knew their, the system was hacked. Now, maybe your account wasn't compromised, but they were just trying to cover their rear end, basically. And so when you use one of these devices, you want to find out how is it connecting. Does it have some type of security? What is the security? Um, you know, you want to ask these kinds of questions before you actually get involved in, in these types of things. And as far as systems like, you know, can something be hacked? And the answer to that is, uh, and I'm not going to tell you where it was, but there was a place in the world, and it was a major type of uh, utility type service, and um, it was made by a company that actually started with a capital S, 
and it was a very old technology, and a country overseas hacked that to change a value from zero to one and basically caused the state to be in what they considered a safe state. Uh, and then they didn't respond. And now by not responding, the place could be in a serious, serious life-threatening disaster. And this little device didn't seem like it was that powerful, but all it did was have a connection to the Internet. So the moral of the story is if you have any device that connects to the Internet, whether it be your phone, whether it be your computer, whether it be your camera, whether it be your dishwasher, your washing machine, whatever it is, find out how it's connected. Make sure it's securely connected. A lot of times you'll have a little wizard like the Amazon Alexa does, and it walks you through a setup. And although the information is securely encrypted back and forth, and like Amazon doesn't even use your, they have a one-touch button you can press to reorder detergent, and literally you press the button and it sends a, a request to Amazon. They've had this for years, and it doesn't send your credit card information. It just tells your account to order one of those items. So hacking something like that wouldn't be a big deal, other than the fact that maybe you could get a lot of that detergent sent to your house. But I think we have to be cognizant, Mike, of what's out there and, you know, what we buy and what we choose to buy and what we choose to boycott. Because if we don't pay attention to what's out there, we're going to be the ones that's having the problem. You see, we have to send the message to our manufacturers. Uh, there's a company out there you may or may not be familiar with. They're called W, uh, actually W3C. So W3C is the Worldwide Consortium, and they're the ones that start setting the security standard around the world for things like Google having to have chips uh, in their uh, computers so that end-to-end -end communication is encrypted and no device is trusted. So things like that. But there are forums and standards so that if you want to be part of this, just like there's one for Wi-Fi, etc., there needs to be a consortium formed for IoT. It's not done yet. And until that's done, we're a long way away from safety because the stuff that's being developed in China and other countries, they're not out for your best interest or mine. They're out to sell a product. Right. Did you know that products that they actually have put on the market several years ago have been banned by the United States government? Why were they banned? They found out they had devices in them, like microphones, when they had cameras that weren't even supposed to be listening. They had hidden cameras inside that they were able to hear what was going on. There were even some HTC devices that were banned from the U.S. Embassy. You weren't allowed to have certain phones because they didn't trust the technology of how it could be stealing personal audio information. So I know this sounds scary, and I'm not trying to uh, frighten anybody, but I just want you to be alert that when you do something, you need to understand what could be happening. And even in the fact when, you know, you're, you're listing, some people say, gee, should I take the batteries out of my phone? You don't need to go that far. But understanding that when you're on a phone call or online, your conversations are being monitored, okay? Let me share that with you, uh, if you didn't know. They're looking for certain types of patterns, certain words that you might say, certain inflections with those words. Just like if you get on an airplane and you say a, a word that starts with a B, that's going to cause some problem. Or if you go to an ice cream parlor and you say a word that starts with an F, uh, and I'm talking about an F that ends with an E, uh, that can cause a problem, right? So you don't want to have these false signals going out there. And that's what people need to understand is that 
technology is in place as a system to make sure that our country doesn't go rogue, that people don't just suddenly pop up and do something. Yes, there is a price for our security. I get that. But I think we need to be concerned about how they're using this information. I think it's good they're doing it, but I think there needs to be more governance on how they're getting it, who's using it, and who has access to it. And that's my biggest concern with IoT right now. You buy the greatest and latest IoT device, and suddenly it's capturing information. Your own car is capturing information. How many people do you know that when they turn in their car that has GPS, they spend five or ten minutes and wipe out their computer? How many do you know that do that? Not too many, yeah. Not too many. When I trade my car in for another one, I spend the, on the way over to the dealership, I press a couple buttons, I factory reset the entire system, and in the 10-minute drive over to the dealership, my whole system is wiped out. So even when you turn your phone back in, you just got to be conscious of the data and, and, and who could potentially get that data. And if that data fell into the wrong hands, what would that do to you? If somebody learns your password right now to your bank, what would that do to you? Well, it wouldn't be a big problem for me because I use two-factor authentication. So using services like a two-factor and using something like a Microsoft Authenticator that's free, yes, it's a hassle, but we need to take these extra steps because the hackers are out there and they're from the other countries and they are coming at such a high rate right now because of COVID, they think that we are resting and that we are not prepared for this. So ladies and gentlemen, please wake up. Do not be sleeping. Be cognizant of your personal information, your security, use two-factor authentication, and make sure that you are cognizant of how it works and that you do this. And if companies don't have this technology, you need to be using other companies. Your data is something that could cost you millions of dollars if it's not protected properly. And that's why I tell you to have some type of, of a credit monitoring service. Because if you went four months and suddenly your credit was destroyed, it would take you a long time to fix that if you didn't have a credit monitoring service. So, again, we have to be alert of these things, but we have to understand that when we buy something, we're sending a message to the manufacturer. If we boycott something, that's going to get the manufacturer to wake up real quick because we're not adopting it. Right. Well, yeah, that, that's a lot of great, uh, you know, information, John. So, you know, we're talking about technology and, you know, the, the subject of, uh, you know, artificial intelligence always comes up. And, you know, I was talking, we were mentioning this earlier to an interpreter that felt that, that his job couldn't be done by Google because of the fact that you know there's 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 so so much you know that goes into that there's so much personality but I mean do you think that someday that this artificial intelligence can can actually be like a person or so let's let's answer that a different way let's pretend there's a robot right now okay right. yeah. And let's pretend that that robot was to have feelings. Right. Okay? Yeah. A little hard to do, isn't it? Yeah. So a, a, a robot operates on a program and does what it's told to do and does things for certain reasons. Well, if you have a, pro, a, a robot and let's just say you want the robot to smile at you because it sees your face is smiling, we can teach a robot to act or imitate a human. Okay. What's important to understand is that this is a false reality. 
it's going to create a sense to people that they have this safety. But really, it's a program. So when they say they can have a, uh, have a robot, it can read your story, it can do things for you, it can help with tasks. But if you have a robot to say you want it to keep you company, that's not really something the robots are doing. Okay? And as far as it having feelings and being able to act, a robot can never have feelings. This isn't Wally. Okay? Right. It's not the movie Wally. And people have to understand that no matter how robust and how elaborate we can make that robot sound, everything that that robot does is all going to be done based on logic. Now, the way artificial intelligence works is it's trying to mimic a human brain. So could we teach a robot to act like a person? We could teach it to have a lot of experiences. But in my mind, it's never going to be like a person. It's never going to understand something. Let me put it to you this way. Let's say you went mountain climbing, and you had a choice to go mountain climbing with your best friend or to go mountain climbing with a top-of-the-line A3000, I'm making this up, robot that's like half a million dollars, okay? Right. How's all the latest security features? Who would you choose to go mountain climbing with? The robot or your friend who has four or five years mountain climbing experience? Probably, yeah, the, fr the friend, yeah. Exactly. So, so the robot could probably call for help in a fraction of a second, but the robot is not necessarily going to give you compassion. The robot is not going to be there and tell you how to suck it up so that you can uh, bolster what you need to because the friend knows more about you and what you can and can't do. Uh, he's going to know or she's going to know that you can put that foot up and what the probability and the risks. And although robots can make interpretations, they're never going to understand human life decisions. And I say this, never put a robot or artificial intelligence in charge of someone else's life. Because suppose it guesses wrong. You just put someone's life on the line. And that's why I share with you that artificial intelligence is great for a purpose. It's great for putting dishes away. It's great for helping you do a task. It's great for manufacturing. It's great for things that don't have human interaction that require compassion and regard to life. Now, I don't mean that a robot's going to harm you, but what I mean is that a robot is not there to do anything more than perform a task. Customer service, Yes, the robot can keep you company by reading your stories and, and, and helping you that way, but that's not company. Company is defined by somebody that can show emotion. Now, could we have a, a, a robot have a warm hand when it gets uh, a feeling? Yeah, we could do all that, okay? And we could mimic a human being. And even though the person there thinks it's a real human being, they're not real. It's all done by just zeros and ones. And the danger here is that if somebody trusts that robot so much, like you would say, you know, I trust you, trust my best friend with my life, I wouldn't want to trust a robot with my life. Right, yeah. 
so so okay, uh, John. Yeah, there's a lot lot of uh, you know interesting things uh, to keep keep in mind, and uh, the technology is uh, keeps going and, and going. And the one thing you know, phones keep getting more space. And my question is, you know, right now I think this this phone here here that I've got has got like 128 gig. I mean, are we going to be just with this technology where we're going to have like a a three terabytes of space out of cell phone or I think the problem is going to be we're going to be need, we're going to be needing uh, we're going to be needing more uh, capacity because as we get involved with these different devices they're going to require more uh, bandwidth and as we get into things that use more artificial intelligence like driving uh, trying to figure out people's surroundings how about a robot that's able to sense how to handle something based on just being able to, to sense it and being able to see it? And so when you think about these things, that data can't be stored on a little hard drive. It has to come from the cloud. Right. That's, that's our problem. So, and the reason that this can be a little challenging is because with the cloud right now, it's, it's a slight issue because now everyone has access to this, but where is the privacy? And who's really safeguarding the information? Who? Yeah, that's a good question. Right? Yeah. There is no association right now. We have the W3C, like I told you about, right. for keeping things safe and secure, but there is no consortium for the IoT. There needs to be an association, and that would mean all the manufacturers, all the software developers that are part of the IoT, let's call it revolution of, of building and developing, need to follow that guideline. And people need to understand what that is. When you go buy a Wi-Fi uh, wi device, you just know that it works on this type of Wi-Fi, or it has 802.11ac, or now 802.11ax. You know what the compatibilities are. Right? There is nothing like that in IoT. There's nothing like that for security, like this meets a security 3X something. There's nothing like that. And we need to start seeing that kind of symbol like the way we see a UL symbol. Like you buy an oven or you buy a refrigerator, what do you look for? The UL symbol. If it's another country, they have a different standard in other countries. So if you don't see that UL symbol, what are you going to do? Probably not going to buy the product. Right. So we need to get that same level of trust when it comes to security. And it needs to be something that can't be monkeyed with and something that cannot be altered or duplicated easily if it doesn't really meet those standards. Right. Uh, okay, uh, John, there, there are a lot, a lot of good information uh, here. And uh, we. So if, if we have any more questions, I mean, do you have a, a, a website uh, on all of this? Sure. We, I, I, I have several websites, as I mentioned to you. So I am a serial entrepreneur. Uh, so our main website for the IT company is jmor.com. And actually, we're going to be celebrating around our 30th year this December. I got that domain when I was actually in college. And uh, you don't see too many companies having a four-letter or three-letter website. It's almost unheard of with a .com. So you can reach me at jmore.com. Um, I also encourage anybody that would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, you can do that by just going to uh, linkedin.com slash in slash J-O-H-N 
the letter C, the letter M-O-R-L-E-Y-I-V, all lowercase. Or if you really would like, you can call me at uh, 973-394-1000, my extension's 108, and uh, be happy to, to help you uh, understand things that are going on with technology. Just make sure that you're aware. I think my biggest message today, Mike, is that it's awareness and it's value. And my goal is to make sure people understand uh, what they're getting involved in before they actually get something. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, that uh, sounds uh, great, uh, John. And, uh, yeah, we, we encourage everyone to, to check out uh, your uh, website. And uh, so uh, is there any final thoughts or any, anything we should really uh, take away from all of this? The The... The thing that I want you to take away from all this is that as COVID's going on, there's a lot of things happening. You know, people tell you, I'm also a first responder. You know, people tell you that you can, um, you know, use your, your thermometer that points at your head and that's supposed to tell you whether you have COVID or not. That's not the be-all, end-all. Uh, a lot of this fancy technology out there that's supposed to tell you whether you're safe or not, it's, it's not really the truth. It's something that people are using because they need some kind of a way to measure but really, it's not enough. You need to go get a COVID test, like a Yale test. That's the only way you're going to know. All these indicators, because you can have uh, no fever or you can have a fever and not have COVID. So these indicators that is being set for us, and we know every day CDC keeps changing things. So my information that I want to share with all of you is to be vigilant about whatever you do, whether it's your safety, whether it's technology, and just really investigate things. Don't take things for face value, because sometimes when you do that, you're going to miss something that somebody else doesn't want you to see. Okay. Oh, yeah, before we uh, go, uh, John, we had mentioned about uh, talk, talk show uh, Host, so I mean, you're involved in a in a show too, or can you tell our audience? I, about I that? have my I have I have my own show. Yes, I have the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, uh, which I'm very happy to say we are almost uh, celebrating our first year, and uh, we're a weekly tech talk show, and we talk about technology, how things work, um, how they how they don't, and what to do when they don't, and we're always interested to have great guests as well because, again, I'm all about providing value uh, to, to get out to our viewers and our listeners, and I am just so passionate about talking with other hosts like you, Mike, uh, being on my show and other shows. I just love this. This just gets my adrenaline going in such a way, such a natural high that makes me feel so good. Oh, great. And, and did you mention how we could uh, listen to the to your show? Uh, oh, a a absolutely. So to go to our show is really easy. You just go to jmore.com. And once you get to our site, you're going to go to where it says social on our menu. And then you're going to go down to where it says jmore tech talk cast. There you'll be able to uh, learn a little bit about our show. You'll also be able to click on our, our past shows as well as uh, see any current live show, which we actually broadcast live every Friday night, Eastern Time, at 5.30 p.m. Our shows run about an hour and a half uh, to two, two and a half hours, roughly. Okay, yeah, we uh, definitely uh, encourage everyone to check that out. Okay, John, we really appreciate all your time. I guess it's been 
John uh, Morley, and you've been listening to the Mike Kara Radio program, What's Up America? And please catch us again next time. Okay, that's out of